السلام عليك زين الأنبياء الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه الحمد لله We praise our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala and we thank him for all of his gifts the vast majority of which that we do not even know even those that we know we are veiled by our knowledge of them what is hidden from the divine mercy and generosity subhanahu wa ta'ala is so much greater than what it is that we know from the manifestations of his mercy and generosity subhanahu wa ta'ala it's almost as if everything that we're able to perceive that is cancelled out and is nothing in relation to everything that is hidden and everything that is that we do not know and alhamdulillah we thank Allah ta'ala specifically for having friends and brothers for the sake of Allah ta'ala that you can share in these meanings and that you're reminded of when they're present of our purpose here in creation. And we're reminded specifically of covenants that it is that we took that with our teachers and what it is that we need to spend our lives doing in relation to them. The vast majority of creation is in a state of complete heedlessness. This is a reality. And that when we look around ourselves that we find ourselves in a time that our Prophet described and he said about this time and that juxtaposed to the time of the companions because they found helpers in their society and when he mentioned this immense bounty of those that adhere to his sunnah and bring life to his sunnah and that the companions themselves were amazed at what the Prophet mentioned sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is that he said minna uminkum ya Rasulullah is that after the Prophet said that Whoever brings life to my sunnah, when my ummah has become corrupted, that he will have the reward of 50 martyrs from among us or from among them, O Messenger, from among you. And what was our Prophet's explanation? Because is that you all find people to help you and they do not find people to help them. So in a time where things are difficult, when we go out into the public sphere and it's not hospitable, to the meanings of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and in general it does not encourage us to be present with our Lord is that even more so that we have to come to gatherings like this to get our weekly sustenance but the beauty of it is is that the heart is such that you could be outwardly in the very worst of places but Allah Ta'ala has given you ability to be in the very best of places and of course, is that it doesn't mean that you intentionally go to places where you know that you are prohibited for going. You do your best to be where Allah Ta'ala has commanded you to be and to avoid where He's prohibited you from being. However, if you're in a situation that is beyond your control, is that in your mind and in your heart and in your soul, you can always be in the very best of places. You can imagine yourself in the road of Sharifa. In the blessed road of the Prophet, the power of imagination is amazing. You can imagine yourself standing before the Prophet ﷺ. You can imagine yourself circumambulating the Kaaba. You can imagine yourself with your teachers. You can imagine yourself with the righteous or in a place that you are specifically attached to. And just as Sayyidina Abd Aziz al Dabagh says, is that if you think regularly about one of the awliya in particular, it's a sign that you have a connection to them, i.e., that you have madad and spiritual sustenance that is coming your way by means of them. And likewise, that if you have a special connection in your heart to one of the special places in which 
Allah has placed it barakah in them, it's a sign that you have a special that connection to that place and are receiving blessings through it. So we should imagine that these blessed places, and wherever we are outwardly, is that our heart should very be in the very best of places. As the poet said in the poem that we recite, that regularly, is that فَإِنْ بَعُدَتْ عَنِّي وَعَزَّ مَزَارُهَا فَتَمْثَلُهَا لَدَيَّ أَحْسَنُ سُورَتِي Is that if it becomes far, i.e. the visit of the Prophet, his blessed Rawda, his masjid I'm going to visit him. If it becomes so far that it's difficult for me to visit, the image of it, what I imagine in my mind of it, is the very best of all images. And then is that the more we accustom our imagination to going to visit the Prophet and this is something that we can do. There's nothing preventing us from every morning after we make wudu. Is that in our mind is that we go visit the Rasul wasallam. This is a good thing to do. And the more you accustom yourself to imagine these places time and time again, when that actually happens outwardly, it's a very different experience. Because it is through that process of imagination is that shok. And our longing for those places grow. And the more that we long for a place, the more then that we will want the outward and the inward come together wherever we will be physically present in front of those very blessed places. And alhamdulillah, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are great. And in the context of that brotherhood and of establishing and having friends for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our very next etiquette of fatuwa. According to Imam Al-Sulami is وَمِنَ الْفُتُوَّةِ أَتَّعَالُفُ مَعَ الْإِخْوَانِ It is from futuwa. It is a part of spiritual chivalry to let there be familiarity and closeness between you and other people. التعالف To carry yourself in such a way is that relationships are developed. And we've quoted this hadith of the Prophet before but it seems like it's one of these hadith that we have to quote regularly. Because our Prophet was that very concerned about the state of his ummah, as we know. And that he wanted the ummah to come together. And he realized the importance of being upon one heart, and how dissension, the difficulty, and the problems that it causes when it is there. And all of the righteous, this is how they are. One of the things they hate the most is to see two people mad at each other, or see two people not talking to each other, or to see two people that bothered by one another. They don't like this, because they realize is that when that is present in any that relationship, or in any household, or any community, or any space, or any masjid, or center, or whatever else, is that it will suck the barakah out of the room like a vacuum cleaner. It will just suck it out of the room. It will suck the blessing out of the room. And so our Prophet said, And this is going to be explained in the latter part of the hay. What does it mean to be ilf and ma'luf? There is no good in anyone that la ya'laf, who's active in the process of establishing a relationship with the other i.e. is that they allow themselves to be, to, they go out of their way to befriend others. And there's no good in someone who doesn't allow themselves to be befriended. In other words, they don't allow ulfa, 
which is this familiarity and this closeness and even this intimacy to take place. Because that intimacy is the opposite of having an aversion in your heart towards someone. If you have an aversion in your heart towards someone, you don't want to be around them. If you have a deep sense of intimacy in your heart in relation to them, that love is a prerequisite for intimacy. It means that you want to be close to them. It means that you want to spend a lot of time with them. So our Prophet is saying is that this trait of ulfa is of the utmost importance. And how can we do that? Is that you do that according to Imam Nawawi, who has a beautiful commentary on this hadith. He says this comes from having good character and having what's called suhulat al-tabah. You have an easygoing nature. Is that you're easy to get along with. You're gentle. You're loving. And you carry yourself in a way that builds relationships and that makes them strong. You know what to overlook and you know what to focus on. A lot of things you simply have to overlook. Taghafal is part of the deen. Is that where you actually act like it didn't happen. Or you pretend not to even notice. If we're nitpicking, we focus on every little detail then there's never going to be a relationship between us and anyone. There are certain things you simply have to overlook. You have to not pay attention to. And this is a part of spiritual maturity that allows for these relationships to develop. And so creating ulfa is one of the most important things of all in any relationship and in any household and in any community and at the level of the ummah of our Prophet And you will be tested in ways that somehow that, that test you in compromise if you're not careful that ulfa. And this is why that we have to protect it. So what is Imam Unawi? And I want to share this quote because it's so powerful. Is that why does ulfa this deep sense of love and familiarity and togetherness need to be there. He says, because it is sabab lil-i'tisam billah. There's a direct relationship between those, the, the relationships that we develop ourselves in between is that are relying upon Allah and placing our trust in Him and in His habal and in His rope, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبِهِ يَحْصُلِ الْإِجْمَعْ بَيْنِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ and that when this ulfa is present, is that Muslims will be together, will be diddihi tahsul nafra When they're not together and they can't have good relationships, is that there will be an aversion in the hearts that will prevent them from coming together. And he says, but how do you achieve this ulfa? He says, with tawfiq ilahi. This has to come to Allah. Because, even if you're working on yourself, your nature overcomes you a lot of times. But if we always come back to agreed upon principles, which we have to start with, these are the principles that we agree upon. And even if our nature overcomes the way we're trying to be, we're going to come back to those principles. And he says, the proof of this is the words of Allah Ta'ala. وَاَعْتَسِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا So Allah Ta'ala speaks about clinging to the rope of Allah. But He doesn't just leave it like that, like every single one of us is doing it in and of ourselves. Jami'an. Hold fast to the rope of Allah together. And so by having that relationship with people, it strengthens you. 
You are strong with your brother. You are strong with your sister. Is that when you have that strong relationships, is that you're able to withstand much of the pull that is out there in the modern world that is pulling you to the very worst things of all. Pulling you to things that are not pleasing to Allah. This is the reality of our society. And that unfortunately we have to remind ourselves of this. And you tend to have to remind people of this that don't truly understand the nature of this society. Anyone that thinks is that society is neutral is either naive or they are extremely unintelligent. It is not, there is no such thing as neutrality in any time or in any place. There is no neutrality. You are either either ascending or you are descending. You are progressing or you are digressing. The society is not neutral. And in fact, there is a very strong undercurrent to a way of being that is that displeasing to Allah Jalla Jalala. We have to recognize this. The modern world is filled with fitna. Is it if you do not that take action and try to preempt this pole, and you realize that you are not just wading in a beautiful little river, is that there is a strong tide and there is a pole that if you're not careful, is that in and of itself, it will take you to a place where you really simply do not want to be. But one of the greatest that ways that we can withstand that pull is to have brothers and sisters for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. But the prerequisite there is that the hearts be together. And one of the things that our teachers taught is that if you ever feel that you have anything in your heart for anyone, is that you force yourself to make du'as for them every single night until it goes. And if that's hard for you, is that you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. And that if you want to even do a little bit more, you make du'as for them, for the things that you actually yourself want the most. So not just a general du'a, what you want for yourself. The, the things that you want to attain, the things that are special to you and close to your heart is that you make those as well. And perhaps that there is a connection between this and the next etiquette that he mentions, which is also from Futuwa, these great people that have this state of self-control. Their way of being resembles that of the prophets. He says, It is from Futuwa to have this great trait of generosity. There are different ways that we could translate as-sakha, in Karam, there's different types of generosity, but in general, the Sahawa is generous. But it's a specific type of generosity. It is a type of generosity where you give freely. Where you just give freely. You're not just generous, is that you give freely. And that again, there's different ways we can be generous. Is that any time that you give in excess to what you have that this is that considered to be a basic level of generosity. But then is that you can give all of the time, and that's another type of generosity. Or you could give big things, and that's another type of generosity, and so forth and so on. But the generosity of Sekhawa is one of freely giving, where it's just you're able to let go, and just to give. And our Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Jannatu Darul Aschia. Paradise is the dar. It is the abode of the people of Sakha. 
of the people of generosity. It is their bode. And that what is understood there is that that ugly trait of miserliness is one of the quickest ways is that we prevent ourselves from receiving the mercy of Allah Jalla Jalalu. This is where the people of generosity will be. And that as that it has been said is that Majabalallahu Walin Kattu illa alasakha. Allah Ta'ala has never made any of the awliya in a state other than that of generosity. Their natural state, Jabal Allah. Allah created the awliya in this state is that they're generous. This is the way they are. And the more and more I think about it, if you think about the special people that you have met, the people that others say that they are righteous, is that none of them are not generous. They're all generous. This is one of their traits. This is just how they are. They are generous people. And that someone who is ignorant yet generous is that more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than someone who does a lot of worship, but they are miserly. And so this trait of generosity is one that we want to acquire, is that we want to that put into practice, and we want to be reflected at every level of our being. Because the more that we give, the more that we receive. And ultimately we do it because that this is a part of a takhalluq bi akhlaqillah, which is what Imam Manawi says about this hadith, is that one of the reasons it is the abode of the people of paradise, because this is one of the attributes of our Lord Jalla Jalalu, and the more that we take on those attributes in a way that is possible for human beings, the more it will be befitting for us to be in the place that He is reserved for those blessed slaves and servants of His, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to be from them and to bring the meanings of this molded alive in our hearts. And may we be people of presence. And may we receive everything that it is that we're supposed to receive in gatherings like this and to prevent all blockage and all obstacles and everything that is going to get in our way. And may we be strong with our brothers and with our sisters and have strong households and strong communities and strong relationships with the people that are around us. And may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, there's a lot of people that are ill and that have problems and they're going through difficulties. Ya Allah, Ya Rab, from the blessing of these gatherings, not because of us, we know our sinful selves. May Allah forgive our sins, all of the sins that we commit openly and secretly, Ya Rabbi Adami, but from the blessing of our teachers and from the blessing of the intentions that they establish this gathering before, even though in the most imperfect ways that we're trying to emulate them from their blessing and them being beloved to Ya Rabbi Adami, we ask you to take care of all of our needs, inwardly and outwardly, everything that we need in these days and in these nights in relation to us and our families and our loved ones and those in our community and the needs of the Ummah of our Prophet ﷺ, we ask you to take care of them, Ya Rabbil Alameen, in the very best of ways, Ya Rahman Rahmeen, because you are the one, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that will take care of the needs of the, those whom you want in the way that you want, subhanak. We ask Allah ta'ala to give us tawfiq in all of our affairs. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.